This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hi, I'm Delta Work, and it's time for a new episode of Very Delta. And Venus was her name. That's right. Venus Delight is here. But first, do you want to see me go off? Because I think you want to see me go off. M. Oh. M. Mom! Are you a lady like me? Introspective. Beautiful. Oh, are you intellectual like me? Beguiled by a bargain? You like wild times? Oh, like me? Are you serving the community like me? Well, if you are, then you must be very Delta. I'm Delta Work, and this is Very Delta, a luxury public access podcast and YouTube talk show where I look gorgeous, speak extemporaneously, and invite fascinating people to sit on the couch and get Very Delta. Very Delta is for the woman who still believes in the epic scrambler breakfast burrito at Del Taco. But first, let's get into some things that are Very Delta. It's time to get down to business. The year is off. We are running. There are so many opportunities coming up. We've erased the holidays. All of it's gone. Uh, We need to focus on a few matters at hand. Uh, You know what's peeking around the corner? Pride season. Uh, And all of the events that lead up to that and are happening during that. And when you start to get uh, yourself focused on something like that, um, you really have to sort of lay down the framework of what you need. Um, you have to have your planner. I don't know if you like to keep notes in your phone. I keep some notes in my phone, but I also have like a physical planner where I can write down and see where it is I need to be so I can keep as focused as possible. doesn't always work, but I try. I do my best to make sure. So, um, you know, it's already this far into the year and I'm just getting my calendar together, but I am getting it together. Uh, it is important to do especially for those of us that wear a lot of different hats. Uh, And, you know, this is, we're talking like not literally, although I do have a lot of really cute hats. I should wear hats on Very Delta. I don't. But, you know, I'm I'm speaking in a, you know, not in a literal sense, but if you have a lot of jobs or a lot of things that you do, maybe you do a lot of charity, maybe you have more than one career. I have more than one career. I have a few careers. I work uh, as a nightclub entertainer. I work as a show producer. Uh, I work as a uh, show host. I also work as a wig designer and hairdresser um, for clients uh, on set and off set. I work as a podcaster. So these are all different hats that I wear and and ways that I have to uh, sort of juggle around all of those things. So in addition to not just completing those jobs, a lot of those jobs I have to invoice for. I have to be in drag for some, some I don't. Some I have to uh, purchase um, equipment for and then save that information for taxes. So it's all different. You know, if I'm styling a wig, for instance, for a client, that is something that 
is not going to be for me. So those are different. That's a different purchase that's made in order to have the wig and everything that goes into that. Several wigs, if it if it uh, is several wigs in one style. Um, so these are all things that you really have to be focused on. Write down and and you have to be diligent about all of these things or they'll fall to the wayside. And I honestly, you know, between you and me, I am one of the worst when it comes to uh, invoicing everything because sometimes, you know, if it's somebody I know, I'm like, oh, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. I can't get around to it. I have to like really be focused. So there are times when I'm like, I needed to do that two days ago. Like, I don't want to wait too long. So don't wait too long if you have to do that. Also pay your taxes. I'm sure people have told you this before. Get your shit together. Keep your receipts in a shoebox or an old gap bag or wherever you keep your receipts. Keep them all. Actually, what I like to do with my receipts is every three months or so, I like to go through them because I have to divide them up because my tax person, Nelson, will, um, you know, remind me, like, listen, so you don't have the issue at the end of the year. Just make sure you go through and put all of your prop stuff in here and all of your travel in here and all of your wardrobe in here. So that way at the end of the year, you've already done it sort of quarterly or however that works. Uh, it doesn't have to be every three months. It can be whenever you like to do it. But with that said, with all of these hats that I wear and all of these different little jobs that I do or big jobs as they were, um, there also comes the conversations about locking myself into these events. And I don't know if you're, you could be the same kind of person. Maybe you are a face painter or maybe you are, um, maybe you crochet and you sell things for, for clients. It, it could really be any kind of work that you are an independent contractor and you provide a service. Uh, I emails that come to me about, about work, about opportunities, hair, drag, podcasting, any of these things come directly to me. There isn't an outsourced person who handles all that. I wish there was, but there's not. And one day maybe there will be, but as it stands now, I have to negotiate everything myself. I have to get the deposit myself. I have to get the follow-up money myself. I have to do the travel myself. All of these things have to be done for me through me. And I think the reason why it doesn't always work for me to have, well, it's never worked for me to have someone to do that is because I, the majority of what I get booked to do isn't all just one of those jobs. So because of that, you have to really be well-versed in the rate for this versus the rate for this and the rate for this versus the rate for this. This is the time of year when I put out my feelers because it's my job and my responsibility to see who can utilize me with uh, anything that has to do with the pride season. So I've teamed up with organizations in the past, companies, corporations who have utilized me for uh, as a spokesperson, as uh, a reviewer, as different things. Um, and the difficult part of all of that isn't doing the job. The difficult part of that is having a conversation with the people who make these decisions and approve budgets um, and having them understand what it is about drag, particularly from me or anyone they are courting uh, to, to do a task or a job or, or, or a, uh, any kind of contractual work, um, having the conversation with them that I'm not 
agreeing, I'm not agreeing to do their work or asking to do their work out of hobby, but out of profession. So anybody that wants to engage with me and wants me to be in drag for something has to know for sure. I would think that they would know by now that if they're asking me to do this or I'm offering my service, either way it goes, it's going to be a paid service. It is going to be a compensated service and it's going to be a facilitated service. And what that means is I don't want a swag bag with a sweatshirt and a hat in it for showing up and hosting your event. If it's a charity event, that's entirely different. We're not talking about charity. We are talking about professional services. I believe in my heart of hearts that I have a service that no one has talked about before specifically, a service that I can provide in addition to being a representative for your makeup line, your hairline, your receding hairline, whatever the product is that you want to drag queen for. I have an additional service I can offer, and that is bringing me in throughout the year to your corporation, whether it's a music corporation, whether it's a food corporation, whatever it is where you are in the future going to utilize a drag queen or drag entertainer, you should bring me in to sit down with your corporate people, your cis-het corporate people, and have a discussion with them about what drag is, why it's important to have drag-related entertainment and or employment, especially during your pride season, and how to interact with those people. Because I have a lot of people that reach out to me and they say, we would love to have you come do this. And they have no idea what it might cost and what might go into that. A lot of people think that because the drag looks effortless, that no effort is involved. And that's not the case. A lot of people think because they see drag as such a trivial thing that including it at their company or their platform will be fun for the drag entertainer and that will be compensation enough. It's not. It's not compensation enough. Um, if you want a drag entertainer to come and do a bingo or to uh, represent your company on a float, you need to compensate them fairly. And you need to have that discussion and realize a budget is be built into this. Just because the employees that report to you daily wet their hair and run a comb through it doesn't mean that that's what the drag entertainer does too. If you want them to show up and show out, they're going to have to have wardrobe. They're going to have to have hair, makeup. They're going to have to have car service. They're going to have to possibly fly to your location and be in a hotel. Flying them out there and being in the hotel, that's not part of the compensation. That's the facilitation. That's making sure that they can just be in place to do what it is you need. Now, on top of that, the drag has a bit of a shelf life on it, like at least per day. So it has like an expiration time. So if you think someone coming to your event for a two o'clock event is going to look the same at eight o'clock in the evening, that's not going to happen. So first of all, Nobody in their right mind is going to do that because they're going to look like shit. If you want to compensate out your ass for that, we will absolutely do it. I will do it and I will build into it a break to go shave my face and repaint. But that's not really what you want. You want somebody to come show out, 
you want to throw the rainbow on there. If you want to do that, that's wonderful. But I think there has to be a little bit of proof in the pudding. We need to sit down, have a conversation, whether it's on Zoom or in person and say, this is what we are looking for. We want to really show how much we support our LGBTQIA employees as well as the people that we serve. And we want to bring out something fun and exciting. In doing so, we want to bring out you. What is it that you're going to need? What goes into creating this particular presentation? Are you interested in doing it? And then in doing so, after we figure out the money, the travel, the lodging, all of those things, tell us what you need on site. Can we provide you a private space to get ready? Can we let you know that we do not expect you to dance around four hours after taking pictures with everybody until the last person leaves? That's not necessary. If you want everyone to have a picture, set aside a time and say, we are going to have this drag presentation from this time to this time. And then afterwards, we're going to be taking pictures from this time to this time or before from this time to this time. These are all things that I can sit down with you and have this conversation at your company. I'll come and drag. We can sit down and we can talk. Well, of course, you're going to pay me to do that. Um, and then once we're done and everyone that makes these decisions knows moving forward, We've had this seminar. We've had this breakout session. We brought in a professional drag queen to talk to us about what really goes into this and how we can effectively bring in a really exciting, interesting presentation, especially during a month or season we set aside to celebrate LGBTQIA people. So we are well-versed. So we teach everyone in our company that this thing that we have been recently or historically have been treating like a flash in the pan is actually really important. It's a representation of an entire community of people that may or may not be entertainers, but really is niche and specific to a community. And we want to show, we want to celebrate all the colors of that rainbow. And we want to bring someone who is just as colorful to represent that during a specific season. And we want to do it respectfully. Do you want to see me take a break? Because I think you want to see me take a break. It's sort of like the real Delta Cup. Is it? It's Delta Cup. Can, the do you want to know something funny? Okay. I got a gift in the mail yesterday. And it sits here like a, it's like a like a desk that says like, you know, Mark Jacobs. But it says Delta Works CEO Delta Co. And it's clear. Somebody sent that to me. I don't know who sent it, but it came to me in the mail. Do you want to see me take a break? Do you want to see me fall asleep? I think you want to see me fall asleep. Do you want to see me go get a bean and cheese burrito with extra red sauce and a Diet Coke? I think you want to see me go get a bean and cheese burrito with extra red sauce and a Diet Coke. Do you want to see me go to 7-Eleven and get a spicy big bite, but not get the bun, just eat the weenie? Because I want to go to 7-Eleven and get a spicy big bite and just eat the weenie. Do you want to see me eat a whole can of Pringles and then shove the whole can of Pringles up my ass and then put a fucking washcloth inside of it with a towel and lotion and use it as a homemade flesh jack? I think you do. Is that what you want? Because I'm forever your girl.
because I'll give it to you like this and then like this and then like this. Do you want to see me? See that? My hands are strong, I know. I'm fucking hungry. You heard? I'm fucking thirsty. I fucking want a ciggy. I fucking want to go to sleep. Fuck. You know what? I need these people to fucking run my money. Stop asking people to come to your gig for these corporations for pride and say you're going to get a really good meal out of it. Bitch, I haven't missed a meal. I take care of my own meals. The meal is not the compensation. You should be giving me that anyway. Okay? Don't tell me you're going to give me a makeup palette and then I owe you X, Y, and Z. Bitch, keep your makeup then. You should be give you would be best served giving me that makeup. I'll blow that shit up. I'll let everybody know. I'll paint my face on camera. I do it all the time for but shit I pay for myself. And it's pride season and you don't want to have any proof in your pudding. Girl, you're going to still book the same people over and over and over talking about um I'm going to have this person be my uh spokesperson for a hair product and they don't even fucking wear wigs. You're going to have somebody be a spokesperson for weight loss company and they fucking uh, gain 10 pounds every year. You're going to have somebody come on and be a spokesperson for body cream and they're ashy as fuck. Spokesperson for fucking uh, uh, acne medication and they have flawless skin to begin with. I'm confused. Book the girls. Pay the girls. The dolls are here. Spend your money wisely. Have people come review your products and pay them for the review if you want. Give a shit sometimes. Give a fuck sometimes. Don't just throw a rainbow on your shit and think that's enough. Stop it. Stop it. Get people who know what they're talking about. Hire me to come in and tell you, hey, you want a really good representative for this product? Somebody that's really going to resonate? I will tell you which girl. You should use that girl because that girl over there is the one in the community that's known to be the right one. And you want to talk about this product you should talk to that king over there because he's the one that will let you know and you want to know somebody that's going to talk about this perfume they are the ones over there get like talk to somebody who knows talk to somebody who really knows about this stuff and can like you have to have a think tank you can't just throw something on there you can't just go oh i hear drag's really popular just bring any drag queen in here and just have them do it here's a couple thousand dollars fuck it we're done we're, we, we did our part you didn't do your part. You actually did a disservice to everyone. You did a disservice because you don't give a shit about your LGBTQIA people at all. Certainly not your employees. Definitely not your community. If that's the way you're doing it, if you're just throwing rainbows on there. And you know what? This might get to the wrong people and they're going to go, ooh, we don't want to fuck with a person like that. Well, then don't fuck with me. Then don't fuck with me. Don't fuck with me then. But if you're worth a shit, if you're worth a shit, 
you will pull it back a little bit and go, you know what? She's right. We have been fucking around for too long. Let's get this bitch in here and listen to what she has to say. Let's pay her for her time. Let's have her bring in her seminar and talk to us about how we talk to people, how we treat people. How can we utilize this drag in the way that we want to, in the way that we that's going to be effective, in a way that people are going to understand that why this is important, not just in June, but all year round. God damn. You want to see me take a break? Because you know what? I want to see me take a break. I'm tired of you. You want to see me take a break? Because I think you want to see me take a break. Coming up, Venus Delight gets very Delta Kitty Cat, Kitty Cat, 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 Cat. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, all on your terms. Everything is online today, and Squarespace offers so many features to make your website so sleek and professional. I love to shop online and I like to see how different small businesses and people have their websites set up. For me, it says a lot about how the customer service experience will play out based on a company's web design. I can always tell when a website is well-built and well-managed. It's the functionality and Squarespace has it. With Squarespace, you can book appointments through your site. They provide everything you need to manage your schedule, accept secure payments, send automatic reminders, you can have an online store, you can sell your products directly on your site, and they offer amazing analytics too, which is great for growing your business. You can learn where your site visits and sales are coming from and analyze which channels are the most effective. So check out squarespace.com slash verydelta for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code verydelta, all one word, to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. Well, today is an extra, extra, extra special day. You know, we have a lot of people that that come through here that I'm always excited to have. But this person is making a return to the L.A. scene after like 11 years. It's been a long time. She's been traveling the world, traveling the road. This is someone I've known as my uh, dream girl sister, somebody that I know from RuPaul's Drag Race, but we've known each other for absolutely ever. Please Welcome the one and only Venus Delight. Hey, everybody. I'm back. You are back. <laughs> Hi, sis. Hi. How's it going? Good. I'm so glad that you are here. You have so much going on. This is especially like an interesting time because we planned for you to be here, but then there's been some like entertainment news developments that are happening for both of us, mm -hmm. but also for some of our icons. Um, but I want to start this with asking you because... I know you for a million things, but I want you to tell the world, what is it that you do best? What is Venus Delight? Well, I'm mainly known as a Madonna impersonator. Mm -hmm. I said that once on season three, so I'll say it again. Yes, I'm mainly known as being the Madonna impersonator. Mm -hmm. And, but um, also, oh, I want to be known as the comeback girl. Why not? I like that. I like that. The comeback girl. Um, you know, I, uh, th the reason I say that so much has been going on with, um, 
with people like us in entertainment, but also with with some of our icons. We just found out that Madonna mm-hmm. is going on tour. And not just a tour. It's the greatest hits tour. Right. It's what we've been asking for for such a long time. Yeah. And now she's giving it to us. So I'm really excited. Yeah. I do, I do hope she changes the look, though. Really? Yeah. Not. What would don't. you like to see? Um... I I really did like the blonde, the the Donatella. I thought was looking really good on her. It was uh, it um was a nice uh, look for you know for her age for her style. Um, this Vogue, you know, Italian Vogue, no eyebrow, red hair. I'm just mm. you're not feeling it. No, that's why I didn't want to come like that. So okay, okay, that's fair <laughs> like, enough. Do it like this. Enough. Do it like this. I'll do your makeup, girl. I'll go on tour with you. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. So when you decide to like go out publicly dressed as Madonna, you mm-hmm. will pick a look, and I, as long as I've known you. You will go down to every detail because it really matters to you. I know how proud you are about what you present to people. When you got this look together, was it was there a point where you were like, I have this part, I'll start building here? How did that work? Um, well, this is the look that she wore on the Jimmy Fallon show last year. Mm-hmm. And since I was gonna do your talk show, I was like, Well, let me do a look that she did on a talk show just That's recently. So sweet. I love that. And so um I came up it, she wore this and these are these huge big i guess raver pants that she was wearing and uh-huh. she had two white stripes not one not three not five she had two two and you got two and they got that um then she wore this new york shirt um that's um has a very special r because of the um the brand that made it for her mm-hmm. that's their logo and she had a lot of chains and um the only thing that i was a little upset about that i um that did not make it to the cut was um she's been wearing this diamond New York Yankee pendant. Uh-huh. It was probably the most expensive thing I bought for the outfit. Uh-huh. And um, because the rain got delayed. Oh, no. So um, that's the only thing I'm missing. But other than that, um, it started with the, um, what did it start? It started with a corset. Uh-huh. She wears this fishnet corset that um, um, I found on Amazon. I don't know if the same one she's wearing. Um, Madonna, what's going on? With the I saw lately? that too. And I was like, <laughs> I, it looks familiar. Like, I, like I know that corset. Yeah. yeah. You know what it is? It's like certain things will like start trending and like maybe based off of one designer and then other mm-hmm. people are like, I think I can make that um, and market it to other people that can, you know, it'd it, it be easier accessible. So I feel like that does happen. But I, I know what you mean about like when you talk about the two stripes, not three stripes, not mm-hmm. five stripes. There's just certain things I feel like, especially in celebrity impersonation, where you really want to separate yourself and mm-hmm. say, like, it's no shade on anybody else. It's never any shade on how somebody else does it. It's really only a focus on on your own details and your own presentation, because, you know, for someone like yourself or anyone really who's had a platform like Drag mm-hmm. Race, people are always looking to go, girl, it's not that good. Oh, girl, girl they want to read. I have a story for you. Okay. I don't think I've ever told you this story. So... I always thought that um, I went out because um, I always felt that when you're really like really in a really like top polished um, costume or gear that looks just like exact the exact replica, you start really feeling the character even mm-hmm. more, become the character. And um, when right before I started, um, you know, I was with Eddie at the time, my ex of 11 mm-hmm. years, and uh, he was friends with Viva Sex, um, who mm-hmm. was a, another Madonna impersonator. And, you know, we used to go to her house um, here and there, and she had several of Madonna's jewelry pieces that uh, Madonna bro- Madonna's brother Christopher had given to her throughout the years. And one of them was the Lucky Star earring from the Lucky Star video, which is my all-time favorite 
Madonna video, and her and Eddie had um they they took off um they took off to the other room, and there was the box right in front of me, and I was like, do I do it? Do I not do it? And I got the earring and I put it on, and it was such a light costume um, jewelry piece, but on camera it looked really like, heavy, like it was gonna tear off her ear, and I just I felt like so. So am I gish and everything. I feel uh-huh. like, oh my God, I am Madonna. I turn to the side and there's Eddie and Viva, eyes wide open. Oh my God. They're like, what are you doing? And I looked at them like, do I look good? <laughs> I oh literally did that. I did like, I didn't know what to say. I was just so in that moment. But uh-huh. ever since after that, I was just, um, I noticed that, hey, it raised my confidence uh-huh. uh, because I should have been like, what, freaked out? Like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't mean to do that, you know, like, a, you know, but I noticed that instead of being shy and um, um, timid, I was just so like, oh my God, I wasn't feeling that Madonna confidence probably mm-hmm. as well. So, I mean, listen, everybody, uh, it's, it's interesting when you do drag and then when you do celebrity impersonation in mm-hmm. drag, there's just different levels to what you're doing because somebody could say, just give me a, a Venus look and you can do that. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, but give me Madonna look and then mm-hmm. you can do that. And then like you said, you've done other characters as well. I I mean, listen, I remember one of your most sickening characters was Paris Hilton. And <laughs> there have been other people that have done it, but I'm telling you right now, even though you don't boast that you do a great Paris mm-hmm. Hilton, the Paris Hilton <laughs> was, and it was, it was at the time too. It was at the time. When that was happening, it yeah. was like, oh my God, this is like a really fucking good Paris Hilton. It was at the time and then the cheese, the Carl's Jr. commercial had just come oh, out. Oh, and you were in the black and bathing I suit. I found that outfit on Hollywood Boulevard like two days later. I yep. found the exact one. I'm like, oh my God. And I think I did it at Dreamgirls the week after. Do you and remember, they lost their shit. Yeah. Do you remember there was really, there really was a time when we were working at, because I, I mentioned, you know, obviously me and De- Venus, uh, you know, we rolled deep with the Dream Girls because we were, we worked with Dream Girls forever. Do I, you want me to tell you how long we've known each other for? A long time. Well, I, when you had 20, a different drag name. 22 years. Yeah. Yeah. When I was 17 when I met you. Yeah. But at Peanuts. The, the thing is, do you remember when we were all doing celebrity impersonations or tributes or whatever it was. Whenever an artist would come out with something, the challenge was have it ready by the next show. Do you remember when you did Devo? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. We did Boys Night. We did Boys Night. You yep. did Devo. I was doing Devo. Um, you were doing Billy um, Idol. Billy Idol. Which, oh, by the way, the Billy Idol is impeccable. Mm-hmm. The Billy, Billy Idol was really Yeah. Good. There are a lot of celebrities that you do that like, um, that, that or that you've done that, you don't necessarily have to focus on, mm-hmm. but if you, somebody was like, can you do this? You have this library of all these other things, but what happens is that because because you, you love Madonna, you love the image, you love creating these costumes and stuff, people tend to think that when they see it, you know, for myself, like people were like, oh, are you always going to do Adele? And I'm like, I don't do that as much now. I like it, mm-hmm. but... Um, you know, she's had a significant physical change. And for me, because I don't feel like there's a reasonable facsimile, mm-hmm. I don't do it as much. Mm-hmm. But um, there was a time when it was like, if that's your if that's your diva, you better have your shit. If she was on the talk show, just like you said right. with this, I'm doing a talk show. My Like, that's the overthinking that we mm-hmm. do. Right. right. I love that. Uh, let's take a quick break. Sure. After the break, more Very Delta, the number one source for entertainment and celebrity news. Hey. 
And we are back. We are here with the comeback kid herself, Venus Delight. You know, they, they know us from season three. We were we were chit-chatting backstage about when we run into people and like they want to engage with us in a professional sense. And then we realize and they realize that like you think that they're talking we think we think that they're talking to us because they might know us because of drag. And then sometimes we're like, oh shit, they they don't we're we're from a long time ago. <laughs> they don't yeah. remember. But there were so many things that happened, uh, you know, back on season three. I feel like it was very raw, really. You know, season one is something people look at and then uh, put, put it on the map. But season two, I feel like really put it on the map. And that's all we kind of had to look back on was season two, because that was the most mm-hmm. more produced, it seemed. But it was still very raw. Like we had a really raw time because we were. Like treading we were the, the ground. Guinea, we were the drag guinea pigs. Yeah. We were the test subjects. I mean, me and Venus, what's... you know, people, they know us from seeing us on the casting special. And mm-hmm. we were literally the first two people at the casting special parked in the parking lot in full drag because we were told, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know who's spilling this or who's hearing it, but we were already cast on the show. We were. We were cast we were on cast, the show. We weren't legitly told that. But we went through the process. Right. We went through our psyche valves. Yeah. We passed our psyche valves. And then we were told, like, you absolutely have to come to this. And I remember, mm-hmm. I don't remember where you were that night, but I know I was in San Diego the night before. And they were like, you're either coming here or we're not moving forward with mm-hmm. you. And we were like, okay. So I had to drop a big photo shoot, like first one I ever paid for. Huh. And you had a thing. But like, you, you're you you're honest with people when you say like you, there was some trauma from season three for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was quite a bit. Um, so the date, you know, the um, the um, open audition day that we did, I was so, you know, I it was a, a week before we the scheduled shooting date was. Right. So that made me very nervous because I had put a lot of money and time and effort in the five months that we were being in, off and on interviewed and sort of casted. And then so I, I remember um, I remember that. um. They called me. They said we had to be there. And I talked to you about it. I mean, you were so nervous. And but I remember I'm like, OK, if there's going to be people there. What can I wear that nobody's going to wear? I thought of gold mm-hmm. because I had a feeling everybody's going to wear black or red. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, they wore black and red. And I was the only one in gold. And that's why I went in gold. And so then um, my daughter Melina went with me. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to go, and uh, she had spent the night. And I mean, we we're just so excited; we could not stop talking. We we're just eating pizza and just like um, kikiing. And we we're like, you know, we need to go to bed. And uh, it was very hard to get Melina to go to bed. So, got to bed, got there, and then when I got to the parking lot, I realized I'm the first one here. Yeah. And then I saw you cross. I'm like, oh my god, thank gosh! And then I was like, well, where is everybody? Maybe this is just a stunt, or right? Maybe right. They, we both you know, think that. This is something for the cameras or something, like a reaction or something. But then everybody got there. You went in first Mm -hmm. and you came up. And I remember to this day, you're like, you're going to be very happy just going and do your thing. And so you left. I went in um, about 30 minutes after you left. And um, there was Rue and Santino. And um, I don't know, just something came over me. Um, I wanted it. You Mm -hmm. know, I wanted to be on the show. So this... Um, like over in just um whole bunch of like the charisma and the adrenaline and just like you know just I really wanted to be on the show so did the thing um 
and I was on these six inch hills and then she was, it was the jealous of my boogie thing. And I didn't, I really couldn't dance in those hills. So I'm just like shrugging my shoulders and everything just to, you know, win the trophy I, or the, you know, just the chance to go on the show and we both got it. And then, um, and then we went to go film. And then when I, when I got on the set, um, I realized like, wow, they put in a lot of production value and money into this. And this is, this is going to be big. Mm-hmm. And, um, even the workroom. Yeah. Like, um, that was a different workroom, wasn't it? It looked entirely different. Well, it looked different for was us. Was it the season two workroom? Or? It was the season two workroom, I think, but they, they had changed some stuff in it. So, uh-huh. you know, every season I feel like they, they change it just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I remember being in there. You were the first person I saw. And um, I just, I, I knew that this was such a big thing. It was going to mm-hmm. be huge. Um, and then I didn't, but... Um, you know, the course of events that happened after that was just so not what I was ready for. Right. Emotionally. Well, I st- I stand my ground and say that <laughs> I did not think that your Christmas outfit was that bad. I thought it was I thought there were other people that did the same kind of elements. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what is so bad about this outfit? I mean, clearly mine wasn't even Christmas. It was a whole other <laughs> holiday. But I just felt when I looked at yours, I was like, is it that bad? Because I see other people that are doing kind of the same shape and mm-hmm. like, what what is so bad? Is there, is this just like you just don't like this person or mm-hmm. like what is it? Because that was when we were that was our first understanding uh-huh. of the fact that the show is definitely graded on a curve. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's definitely mm-hmm. which we get, but you know, I mean, totally got that. I look back at it now and I kind of thought like, you know, we kind of like. I would say we kind of had like the same same kind of tone mm-hmm. with each other as far as like you know the um the color the color coordination silhouettes and everything um the femininity of it as well. I loved how you went outside the box and you didn't just do um Christmas you went out and did Kwanzaa which I thought was a very smart um move um and choice to do as well. And then for me um I thought Mariah was going home Mm. Because, um, but then I look back at it because she literally just put on those pants, those gray pants she got. She put some garland on the um, on the jacket and called it a day. But then, you know, looking back at the episode, you know, she spent a lot of time helping Mimi and um, helping other people, you know, which um, benefited her to stay. Uh, but, I, you know, just from a glance at the costume, I thought she was going to go home. Well, I thought I was going to go home because honestly, I mean... In reality, if they if they judge the show the way that I uh, you would think, which is like, you know, these are the rules. Mm -hmm. The rules are technically it's supposed to be Christmas. And I mean, I was doing a different holiday, so Uh I probably should have been on the chopping block (laughs) with Shangela. But, you know, but anyway, I mean, you know, we're here now. And it's like when people bring up these stories, it's like there's so many other layers we could, you Mm -hmm. know, divulge. But it's just so hard. And about how they um, pick names outside of the thrift shop. Yeah. So on camera, it looks like we we're all shopping at the same time. But mm-hmm. then they took us, they're like, stop what you're doing. Um, we're going to take you to the parking lot again. And then we're going to go continue from there. Yeah. We went to the parking lot and they're like, we're going to draw your names one by one by one. Two of you go in at a time. You got 10 minutes. Then you got to come out. Right. And I was the last two. Right. And um, so. It, people don't, you know, there's so much production that people don't see. And I get, yeah. I mean, we all get it. It's, yeah. it's producing the show, but I think it's weird that it's taken like 15 years for people to, <laughs> to, to figure it out. You know, it ultimately goes down to the, um, you know, during casting, they were interviewing me. And um, one of the questions they asked me that I was so uncomfortable with was, what are you afraid of? And just um, 
my little intuition was saying, don't answer that question. Mm. And um, I was avoiding the question and I can tell the, the producer was getting very frustrated about it. And then I went to another question. What was, uh, what was something that pissed off a lot of the season two girls or what were people talking about? And I said, well, that's easy. Just bringing Shangela on the show after only having six months experience that did ruffle mm. some feathers and upset a lot of people. And um, so then, you know, when we went to go, sh we went to go shoot and Shangela came out of a box and, you know, I smelt a stunt. I smelt a, something was coming up and, mm. you know, and me and her were on the bottom, you know, I, I knew that's where this was going. Mm. And so, um, you know, it made great TV. Um, it was a um, interesting moment for me. And then I was just, at, when it came down to the lip sync, I was so angry. Mm. I was angry that that um, I was put in this humiliating position, one, and kind of it came out of my own mouth that put me there when it wasn't intended. I had no intention of, there was no um, no spite of Shangela on my end of her being on season two. Um, you know, I was just answering their question. But um, but I look, you know, I look back at everything now and, um, you know, I regret um, the conduct that I did towards Shangela during the lip sync. And the reason I say that was because, like I said, I was very angry during that lip sync and my anger was directed on her. Mm. And it was not her fault. You know, my anger was to the producers. It was not to her. Right. Yeah. You know, there's a lot. There's a, so much in the show that people do think that people are bickering with one another or arguing with one another. And they don't realize that. Uh, I, I remember who was it? Was it Alexis Mateo at one point said the jig is up. She kept saying that over and over. Mm -hmm. And it's when people would realize like. This is about the production. That was our code word, yeah. It's about the production of what's mm -hmm. happening. No one's really mad at one another. But like you said, it comes out because you're in that moment and all the cameras are on you and you're and you're with these people and you're like, and we, yeah, we look back and we're like, yeah, that's how I responded in that situation then. Mm -hmm. I don't respond that way now. But people you know. always remember us from one way. And there's people out there that are committed mm -hmm. to only remembering you one way. Yes, one way. And it's, it's a lip sync that's, you know, has you know, gone on to just several evolutions. Right. And just um, also back then it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it was so frowned upon to go on for, go off first. Right. And then after like season seven or eight, just all of a sudden it just flipped. It's like, it was the thing to be gone first. Right. And you just, all, you became like legendary, just like a cult following. I have this Reddit um, group that they like, it's my, my, um, it's called the Queen of Cringe and my, my photos all over it. And just, they're just like countlessly like, bringing you know not only bringing me up or like you know people who went on first and it just it just just has such a cult to it now yeah it's but interesting. back then it was very frowned upon it was looked down right. on so and you know like i said um like back then i was so um dedicated to like you know my my character and my celebrity impersonation and um you know um i was imp i impersonate a very non-emotional person and then um but i'm far from that so like that was kind of like the moments, the change in me when I started to really discover like actually who I was. Mm. And I am very, very emotional. I'm very intensely emotional. And um, it took me a long time to really balance it out. Wow. What a different time it is. I, I mean, I look at it fondly, but it was a different mm -hmm. time. It was a very different time. And, you know, I, I would say I'm so, I'm so proud to be part of the movement. Yeah. 
And, you know, um, when I did other TV shows, you know, those other controversial, unconventional TV shows, um, there was a big part of me that wanted to do it for the movement. Right. Because I saw there was a movement in dragon popular culture and television. And I felt like the more we're seen, that's the the only way we're going to get to being respected. Right. We still have a ways to go. For sure. But I think um, we, we have made an impact on the world. I agree. And I'm so proud to be. I love, that. I love that. Let's take a break. Okay. Next on the stage, Read Me Delta. And we are back. We are here with Venus Delight. We are essentially just chewing the fat, talking shit about everything, mm-hmm. all of it, everyone. All of it. But this is the part of the podcast, uh, this is the part of the talk show, where we take letters from people. Read me, Delta! So, uh, will you join me in answering a few letters? Sure. Okay. Okay. Sometimes these are crazy. Oh. Sometimes they're simple. Sometimes people are like, hey... I just need a little advice. Okay. But sometimes people are like, I want your opinion on something crazy. Okay. So, you know, this is your opportunity to go off. If you if you feel special or or uh, certain about whatever it is, um, feel free to let them know. So this first letter okay. uh, bum, bum, bum. says, oh, this one's to me. Bonjour, Delta Work. You have such a star quality. How do I know if I have that star quality? When did you know that you weren't just Delta, but very Delta? Do you remember times you've seen star quality in others before they clearly even knew themselves? Also, will you be my mommy forever? Love, Pinky Puss. This is a good letter for both of us. I actually think they might have known that you were here. Because just as we were talking about Madonna Mm -hmm. and um, star quality, um, I I always feel like star quality in anyone has a lot to do with... um, not just their presence, but them being present in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you're talking with somebody and you know that they're not just hearing you, but they're listening to you and they are repeating back in their response that you're in the same conversation. I mm-hmm. think that really matters. Um, I feel like there are a lot of people who hire drag talent to come to their town, especially since we've left Drag Race. The higher talent to come to their town, they because they're they know that they're never going to have Madonna at their bar, or they're never going to have Mariah Carey or some big name. They like to allow some of the drag divas mm-hmm. to act like divas and be really shitty and mean because they're like, well, that's just a star. That's the quality <laughs> of a star. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the 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 contestants because they behave that way and they get rebooked. Mm-hmm. They figure, well, shit, I'll just act like that all the time because that's what they expect of me. Right. And I think that people think that star quality is being a bitch to everybody. With you, um, when I first saw you at Dreamgirls at um, Rage, performing with Dreamgirls, I I noticed that you had the most flawless, smoothest mug of all the girls. Oh, my gosh. And sweet. you did. And so, um, so when I was first starting to do makeup, I was watching you. Oh. I don't know if you ever knew that. No. No, I was watching That's you. sweet. And I would, um, what I found uh, interesting was, you know, you had the pound stick, but you were using your fingers, not sponges, mm-hmm. to do your face. And I'm like, 
well, if she's doing that and not everybody else is doing that, so she must be doing something right. Oh, so funny. I that's how I started using my fingers. Okay. And now I'm doing with the with the Max Factor pan stick and everything. Yeah. So yeah. I love that. I love that. I have star quality. Well, thank you, Venus. <laughs> All right, let's see. There's another one inside this purse, which I don't know whose handbag this is, but I'm getting inside of it. It is a pretty bag. Okay. This. By the way, I'm using my lip brush. <laughs> have you ever um, been? Because uh, I have been to a hotel and uh, ordered food, and the food d was not sent with a um, with any utensils. And so I'm like, shit. What am I gonna do? I've used my makeup brushes as chopsticks. Just turn them upside down. <laughs> Isn't that stupid? <laughs> but you can. You can. You can. Um. Well, here's an, so when they um when they took us for the first two days uh, to the hotel and we had to do the interviews and everything. Oh, on Drag Race. Yeah, uh -huh. on Drag Race. So they on the um, pamphlet of literature, the schedule that they said that they left me, it said I was going to be there at nine o'clock interviewing. There was going to be breakfast mm -hmm. and everything ready. So they called me in the morning. They said we're not interviewing you till three thirty. So I had no food. Oh my god. And so. When I got there, I'm like, okay, where's the food at? And they're like, oh, we don't have any food. And I'm like, well, it says in the pamphlet that you guys are going to have food. And I haven't eaten all day. And I'm like, oh, we have a banana. Bye. So they gave me a banana. And so that interview, what, lasted four to five hours for each of us. Yep. And then we went back to the, I went back to the hotel. And the tech is walking me back to my room. And there are those plates in front of the rooms that have the food and everything that were, you know, eaten or left over. And there was one that had a plate with a piece of toast. So I grabbed it oh and the tech looked at me and he's like, what are you doing? And I looked at him. I said, I'm fucking starving. I haven't eaten all day. I'm taking this piece of toast. Do you have a problem with that? Mm -hmm. And he rolled his eyes and he's like, fine, I'll order you a pizza. I'm like, thank you. Yeah, Great that's your job. Have, great service we have here. Yeah, that's your job, so, you dumb yeah. fuck. <laughs> I know, right? Do your fucking job. Yeah. You fucking louse. <laughs> Order a fucking pizza. How about this letter? Let's see it. Hello. Please give your opinions on the seemingly constant revolving door of menu items coming then vanishing immediately at Taco Bell. <laughs> Taco Bell will make something that looks incredible, but then by the time I see the ad for it, it's already gone. Also, the fucking nacho fries should be on the permanent fucking menu. Am I right? I think I'm right. Adoringly yours, Gerald from Texas. Are you a Taco Bell person? I it's one of my guilty pleasures. So yes. Good. So good. So, so good. good and so bad. Um what do I feel about that? I think that's probably one of the reasons why I don't go as, as much. I'm not mm -hmm. going to lie because I remember they had the happy hour. I do remember that. And they had more stuff. Yeah. And now um they had the um the, my favorite was a Frito. The Frito uh, burrito. They still have it. They still have it. Yeah, they still have it on the. It's like oh on the value menu or whatever. Okay. Well, they had. Well, they had a better one at the happy hour about on the happy hour menu about ten years ago. But then they had several other things, and they took those off. The Mexican pizza is just it's on. It's off. It's, it's on, gone. It's, on. it's off. It's it's like and that's one of the reasons I go back there is because the Mexican pizza. Well, they have my favorite nachos. Mm -hmm. uh, I like them better than um, Del Taco. And they have for a minute, they have one called the XXL nachos. And bitch, when I tell Ooh. you it was on a tray uh -huh. that looked like it had to be that big. It was like a tray. <laughs> so it was like two orders of nachos in uh -huh. one. 
And it didn't have different ingredients or anything, but it doesn't need to have different ingredients because I just I think they're they're chips because their chips are like super light mm-hmm. and flaky. Those mm-hmm. are so good. And the um the cinnamon sticks, I just I love the cinnamon you sticks. Love those? If they took those off, there's gonna be a war. Right. Because that's your shit. Yeah. And it's like cause um it's it's so easy. It, it, uh, even on the way to a gig, it's so easy to mm-hmm. just like grab it. It's not gonna fall all over you. Right. And it's such an easy snack. It's got some sugar. It's got cinnamon. It's going to perk you up a little bit. Right. And uh, balance out your sugar levels. So I love the cinnamon twists. Those are good. I uh, What was that other item that they had for a minute that I thought was good? Oh, so you know they do those boxes, right? Where mm-hmm. it's like a, a cravings box or mm-hmm. something. I think they're a great idea. But the problem is sometimes they'll have more than one at a time. And if mm-hmm. you don't pay attention and you're like, uh, give me the cravings box because that's the one you see in the ad. Mm-hmm. There might be another one advertised on the window over here and over here. So they'll just by default give you whichever one they are seeing. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to try this one that had like a green burrito in mm-hmm. it. And then I got home and it was like all these other things where I was like, well, it's fine. I mean. Ooh, and the Enchirito. Oh, the Enchirito was the was oh, everything. And that's not there no more. No. Yeah, you know, back in the day, like, uh-huh. and you're probably too young for this. But I can remember, like, I always gauge what people know about Taco Bell based on if they can remember when they used to put olives and green onions on things. Because they used to do that back in the day. Really? And they would garnish everything with olives and green onions, and then they stopped doing it. My earliest memory of fast food was, it was that McDonald's burger that um, it was split in, it was split in two. The McDLT. Yes. Yes! That one. And so, um, yeah, one side was the patty and uh, the bread, and the other side was the vegetables and everything. Uh-huh. It was, I never understood what, why they just so didn't combine I think it, they wanted to keep it crispy on one side. That's and then right. Hot that, and melty. that was the gimmick. Yeah, of course it didn't work. No, but I mean the idea was there. But mm. like you said, bitch, this is going to end up just a soggy old hamburger. Mm. It's going to be fine. I'm going to oh, eat it. My first job was at McDonald's. Oh really? I'm not lying to you. Oh my god, that Raja's first job was at McDonald's too. Oh wow. Okay, yeah. so um, I was there when we had the um, the 29 cent, 39 cent cheeseburger yep. hamburger days, and so. Um, those days was always hectic. Uh-huh. They always had a big freezer. And I was like 16 and I was, um, I would always go inside the freezer and I would like sneak and get one of the, um, cookie dough balls and go eat them in the freezer. Dang, <laughs> yeah. thief. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> and you were going to steal cookie dough balls. Then you turned 17. You're going to yes. steal Viva's earring. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's so funny. You know, I, I must, you know, it's definitely in the genes because, um, I've always been like, Afraid of stealing stuff, uh-huh. but if it's food related, oh yeah, it's going with me. And it's well, it's definitely and even on the even on the um, <laughs> drag race, I'm getting the plate of bread and just being like, oh, that's mine. It's definitely so. in the women's jeans because you can't wear men's jeans anymore. Oh, that's probably what it is. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <it's- laughs> Thank you for being here. This is so fun. So much fun. This is so fun. And and I mean, I mean, listen, this is they'll probably edit this out, but this is coming out. Uh, when we have like a lot of other things going on this week together. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to it. I am too. We have some fun shit going on. I am too. And I'm back. So I'm going to be, I'm definitely going to be around a lot more. Thank you all so much for listening to Very Delta. You can now search for Very Delta on your podcast apps. We come out every Monday and we want you to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And a special hello to everyone out there on YouTube watching the talk show. And you know what's Very Delta? Subscribing to Mom Podcast so you don't miss an episode. Also, send me all of your questions to readmedelta at gmail.com. You can send any questions or, uh, well, don't send any suggestions because I'm not going to listen to those. But you can send, I don't know, 
conversations, conversation starters about things that we've talked about or things that we should be talking about. Also, you can follow me on Instagram at Delta Work. And we also now have dedicated socials on TikTok and Instagram if you go to at Very Delta. And where can people find you on social media? You can find me at Instagram.com slash Venus Delight Madonna or um, my OnlyFans. <laughs> OnlyFans. <laughs> um, it's not out yet, but it's coming back. Uh, mm-hmm. What else can you find me on? Facebook as well. Venus slash Venus Delight. Love it. Love it. And um, yeah, this has been an absolute blast. You can join us here next week for another episode of Very Delta. And until then, keep things very, very Delta. Next episode, it's Mariah Balenciaga. Do you prefer Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi? Pepsi, right? You're a Pepsi girl. I, I forgot. I'm so sorry. We gotta Pepsi. Get, we got to get to life. Pepsi. Diet Coke. Pepsi. I'm so sorry. Special consideration by... To listen to Very Delta one day early and ad-free, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Very Delta is produced by Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted by Delta Work and produced by Mark Jacobs. Engineered by Margot Padilla and editing by Doug Robertson. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio. 